Welcome to The Rounds, a podcast of Marshfield Clinic Health System. I am your host for today, Teresa Durfus. The Rounds bring together medical experts to discuss fresh, innovative, and important topics from the world of healthcare. The COVID-19 vaccine has been available for select groups for some time now, but many people are asking why there is such a long wait. Today, we'll be exploring those reasons and providing some insight into the process for getting a vaccine appointment. Here to discuss this with us today is Dr. Corey Krieger and Tammy Simon. Dr. Krieger is a MedPeds provider and Chief Quality Officer for Marshfield Clinic Health System. Tammy Simon, a registered nurse, is Vice President of the Institute for Quality, Innovation, and Patient Safety for the Health System. They are two of many individuals in the health system leading efforts around the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. And welcome Dr. Krieger and Tammy. Thank you. Thank you, Teresa. You're welcome. You're welcome. So we'll begin right away with some questions. I think our audience will be interested in in getting responses from you. And our first is, why do people have to wait so long to get a COVID vaccine appointment? We're hearing more about that from individuals. You know, I appreciate there is a tremendous amount of excitement at the availability of vaccines that are highly effective and safe for use, but at the same time, frustration around the fact that we've been hearing about vaccine development over the course of the last year as the COVID pandemic has unfolded. And now when the vaccine is upon us, some challenges with regard to having enough vaccine to meet the needs of our patients and communities who are interested in receiving that vaccine. And that's caused a a lot of consternation, um, both within our communities and for our patients, but also for our healthcare workers and health systems as well. We really see the damaging effects of, of COVID, the people who suffer with this disease and die from this disease. And we know the vaccine is our answer and will help us to get back to what we would all like to see, which is normal life um, sooner. And so we're very anxious to get those vaccines to our patients and to our communities. But realistically, it's been difficult for the manufacturer to produce enough, quickly enough to meet the demands um, within our communities. And so a situation has been set up such that we have a huge amount of pent up demand and a very limited supply that is coming at a much slower rate than we would all like to see. And the the federal and state governments have done a a good job of trying to manage the vaccine that is available. And that directly uh, plays into our ability to get our patients appointed for our COVID vaccinations. And so today, the, the way that that is working is the federal government is allocating the vaccines available out to the states. The states are in turn allocating those vaccinations to the different stakeholders within the state of Wisconsin that are serving to be vaccinators of the public. Those can be healthcare institutions, pharmacies, public health departments, and others that are then receiving those vaccines and being able to supply those to their patients. 
so really the timeline get an appointment is driven by the availability of the vaccine and the availability of the vaccine is under the control of our state and federal authorities. So the appointing is directly tied to that. And as the availability of vaccines improve, the wait time for appointments will decrease. But today we do recognize all the way around, there's a great deal of frustration uh, around the wait time. But we're doing the very best that we can to get that vaccine to patients as soon as we receive it. So this truly is not just a problem within the health system, correct? That's right. In fact, all health systems are expressing the same frustration and concern. It, it is not unique to Marshfield Clinic Health System, for, for sure. And in fact, our, our pharmacy partners and public health partners are expressing the same concern. In fact, one of the things Tammy and I talked about early on as, as the vaccines were first becoming available, is our commitment as an organization to allow the to not allow any barriers to be in place uh, to patients who are eligible for vaccination. And so our only limitation is going to be how quickly we can receive the vaccine, meaning how quick is it produced and sent to the states and subsequently to us. Beyond that, we're committed to making sure that we do everything possible to provide the resources to get those vaccines into the arms of our patients as as quickly as possible. So um, we are, uh, I'm proud to say, achieving that goal that every week when we receive our allotment from the state of Wisconsin, we, over the next several days, distribute those vaccines out across our entire system and get those into the arms of our patients so that those vaccines are completely utilized by the time we receive our, our next shots. So, so how many how many doses of the vaccine does the health system receive every week? And then how how do you decide how many of them go to each of the vaccination sites within that health system? Good question. The amount received weekly is is variable, and I'll I'll be transparent in saying it has been a challenge for us in terms of planning and appointing because uh, we are not aware until the Inclusion of each week, how many vaccines we'll be receiving the, the following week. And the amount of vaccine um, received by our organization has ranged anywhere from around 2,000 doses a week up to uh, uh, almost 4,000 doses a week. More typically, recently, it's been on the lower end of, of that range. And to give you some idea, we have over 200,000 patients that seek primary care services from our organization and over 40,000 people that have expressed interest in the um, age 65 and up group that are currently eligible for the vaccine who are already on a wait list uh, to have that vaccination. So um, that gives you some sense of the amount of, of pent up demand that we have. With regard to how we distribute across our system, we do have a equitable uh, way of doing that. We want to make sure that everybody being equally deserving, that all parts of our, our healthcare system have access to receive those vaccinations. And we also do not prohibit patients that don't normally seek their care at Marshall Clinic Health System from coming in and receiving their vaccine. 
uh, it's part of our mission, vision, and values that we're, we're here to serve our communities. And so we want to make sure that everybody eligible has has opportunity to express their interests and eventually appoint to receive a, a vaccine. So we do that by looking at our populations out across the entire area that we serve and then distributing those vaccines in alignment with the amount of populations uh, across all the various regions of our system. And then those vaccines are allocated out and given within those local respective regions. Thank you for that, Dr. Krieger. So I know there's been some frustration that people may have when they they say, for example, a neighbor would get the vaccine before say before me and what if i filled out the survey before my neighbor did what do you say to that i think that is very difficult for for people to understand and because every health system is is handling this a little bit different and because frankly the the needs of our patients are all a little bit different it it sometimes appears like certain people have a have more access to the vaccine than others but there are a lot of issues that come into play here. Um, for instance, if you serve in a capacity of a first responder or you work in the community within you know, a volunteer firefighter or other types of occupations that are currently open for vaccination as per state guidelines, some of those folks may put in their requests to be vaccinated and receive that vaccine before someone else on the wait list. And that's really driven by what the state of Wisconsin has asked of us, which is that we follow the algorithms that they've laid out with regard to prioritization for vaccination. Beyond that, we really do take things as a first come first serve basis. So when people put in their request to be vaccinated, we are developing a queue and we follow that list of patients in the order of the timeline in which those requests were received in order to be again fair in, in how we, we vaccinate individuals. So it, it it's complex and it's difficult because some, uh, I'll call them pop-up states are, are forming where uh, public health or others um, get a supply of vaccination and come to uh, a certain area and set up a clinic and, and vaccinate. And so some people who have been waiting on a list longer might hear of someone who happened to uh, sign up with a different organization or go to a pop-up site and be able to get their vaccine uh, more quickly. And, and really what we've asked of our patients is exactly that. Please be patient. We're as anxious to vaccinate you as you are to receive that vaccination. We're working our list as quickly as possible, and we are being equitable and, and fair in how we do that. And we also ask our patients um, not to sign up with multiple different healthcare systems because that starts to create a lot of extra work and rework for all of the health systems that are trying to vaccinate patients. So find, find the health system that you wish to work with. Um, make sure you get on their um, waiting list as long as you're within the groups eligible to receive the vaccine. And trust that all of us are working as hard and as quickly as possible to get that vaccine. So with, with the possibility of, uh, of patients going to a, a number of, of venues for, for the vaccine, 
how how should patients make sure that information might be included in their in their health record? How important is that? We have a Wisconsin um, registry for vaccinations, and what happens when you get the COVID nineteen vaccine? It goes into something that's called WER. And so that automatically is transparent throughout the state, which allows all health systems to view that information. The one piece and bit of caution, if you receive the vaccine at one location, we ask that you go back to that location. And this is why. The organization or the public health department that gives that first vaccination and that's Pfizer and Moderna right now, they then are allocated dose two to provide to you. So when the patient would approach another health system or public health, that again, we don't always have allocation to meet that second dose need. So that is a critical point. Uh, Corey, I wanna make sure that, that I ask this next question. I think you answered it to some degree, but I'm going to ask it again. How does the date someone completes the survey affect when they get called for an appointment? We have a registry that is keeping track of all of the surveys we receive by date and time. And so the date and time in which you complete your survey online, which is definitely the preferred option, allows us to then place those surveys into a rank order within the registry. Uh, we do have a telephonic um, opportunity as well for those patients who might not have access to the internet to be able to have one of our specialists assist uh, patients in filling out that survey. And likewise, as that survey is completed and that telephone call is received, we uh, add them to the list. So all of those are rank ordered and we follow that list again with the idea of being equitable in how we distribute the vaccination. So being equitable is so important for the health system. And who is prioritized to receive the vaccine then? Right now, TC, we are prioritizing those patients that are 65 and older, as well as the frontline healthcare workers or frontline team, fire workers, firefighters that Corey talked about earlier. Now, a common question that comes along with that many times if I have a chronic condition like diabetes or heart problems, does that put me further up on the list? At this time, we are not prioritizing in this manner given the large number of patients that want the vaccine and are on the waiting list. We right now have over 48,000 patients waiting for the vaccine, um, and we are getting those patients appointed as fast as we possibly can, given the amount of vaccine that we're provided weekly. So if I'm fortunate enough to be, to be selected to, to get my, my first COVID-19 vaccine, but I have the appointment, something comes up, can I reschedule that appointment? While it's possible to reschedule, we ask that you do not. We, again, have asked for that vaccine, and given the request and the, the um, patients on the waiting list, However, it is easier to reschedule that when it is dose one. As I mentioned earlier, when it's dose two, 
those are the, I'll say, more scarce supply, if you will. So an example of that is Pfizer. This last week, we got less dose two of Pfizer. So it's a very limited amount until the manufacturer is able to ramp up their supply. So when you cancel, it's hard to replace that with another patient because for the vaccines, Pfizer, it's within that 21 uh, day time period. And for Moderna, it's 28 days. And they're really asking because of all the research that has been done to date has been on those timelines that we need to adhere to those as as we possibly can. So with getting that second appointment, how does that work? Does that go through, again, the same process as making an appointment for the first the first vaccine? That's a great question. What happens when you get that first appointment for the first dose, you get that second appointment uh, for that second dose. And the reason why we're doing that is we want to make sure that we have that appointment slot for you. We have the staff available to provide the vaccine and we have the vaccine in hand. And, you know, it's super important. The vaccine, once we open the vial, we need to use it within a certain amount of time. So when I talk about the Pfizer vaccine, that needs to be used within six hours of the first dose that comes out of that vial. So again, even more of a reason why we need patients to stick to the appointment schedule, because if they don't come, then we need to find somebody else that's on that schedule as close as possible, which given the detail that I just provided to you becomes increasingly hard. So would it be possible to get the vaccine in a location other than the one that I indicated on my survey? Yes, you can absolutely get the vaccine at another Marshall Clinic Health System location. What will happen is when the appointment coordinator calls you to make that appointment, you inform the appointment coordinator that you want to have it at a different location, and then they are able to put you in the schedule for that location. And so that is never a problem. We want to make sure that we meet the needs of our patients, and honestly, we can provide that vaccine as close to home as possible. So, so you've got a number of locations throughout the, the clinic's health system, but could I get my vaccine in my primary care provider's office? Is that possible? At this time, you cannot get your vaccine in the primary care office due to the extreme diligence needed with the refrigeration and how we mix that vaccine and then the utilization time. So that six hour time frame that we need to be able to use that vaccine, the primary care office doesn't have the flow of patients coming through as frequent. So that's why where we are providing vaccine, we have a specific location, specific staff, and even the observation that needs to occur after the vaccine is 15 minutes. So we have in within the clinic, central area where the patients are monitored, they're given a timer, and then after the 15 minutes of observation, they can leave that location. So we have staff watching the patients after they receive the vaccine. In the primary care office, we don't have that um, staff available to provide that observation. Uh, one thing that might be of concern uh, to some people would be cost for the vaccine. Is that something that people should be concerned about? 
or, or how does that work as far as uh, providing payment? So right now with the way the federal government has arranged this for the patients, it is at no cost to the patient. Mm -hmm. So they don't pay for the vaccine and they don't pay for the administration of the vaccine. Now, whether someone has insurance or not is not a factor. This is a public health emergency. We're here to serve our patients. And so we will, and we are providing vaccine to all patients in our communities. So we do not want patients to feel that is a limiting factor. Someone that does not have insurance or does not have the money is it equally need, it needs and deserves that vaccine. One additional add that I have for that, while the vaccine, as Tammy said, is has been made available by the government free of charge, many health systems, actually I believe all health systems have an administration fee that does go along with the, the vaccination. However, the federal government, for those that have insurance, whether it be commercial insurance, employer-based insurance, or Medicare, Medicaid, uh, the federal government has mandated that that service be fully covered by their insurance entity. So for the majority of our patients, uh, that means first, like Tammy said, zero out-of-pocket costs for them. And for those uninsured patients, there's um, opportunities for support at the, the state level to make sure that they receive that vaccination if they can't afford an administration fee. Thank you. Thank you for that response, um, Dr. Krieger. And in thinking about those who are listening today, if people would have more questions, could they go to their primary care provider? Or what would you recommend as a a source for information? Yes, that's a great question. We have information on our public website for Marshfield Clinic Health System. Their primary care doctor will have information available and to give them when they come to the office or if they call. Our 24-hour nurse line has that information. We really are providing the basic information to all our frontline staff that are answering phones if the questions are more detailed related to their chronic condition and those types of things i really encourage the patient to talk to their provider but with the basic information and questions they have again our public health our public website has that information and our 24-hour nurse line has that available um, if they call after 5 p.m so 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, Dr. Krieger and Tammy, you've provided us with excellent information about the COVID vaccine. Is there anything else that you would want uh, our audience to know or, or to be aware of that we haven't discussed to this point? Many times patients are asking, am I still on the wait list? Do I, you know, how do I know I'm on the wait list? And what we're doing currently is sending an email confirmation when they complete the survey. We're, we are also working on a process coming in the near future to a way to inform patients they remain on the wait list because that's the other question we get frequently. Maybe they haven't heard from us and we wanna be just sending a message out to them. We have you on our list. We will get to you. We have not forgotten you. And uh, the other piece is that if and when we get more supply, we'll be able to get more patients in 
We have over 250 staff trained and ready to provide vaccine. We have collaborating organizations willing to open up their uh, gyms, uh, you know, to bigger spaces so that if we need to accommodate more patients, we can absolutely do that. And TC, I would just add for, for those listeners who might be perhaps wavering or, or not have made up their mind yet with vaccinations, I really urge you to strongly, strongly consider uh, getting signed up to get the vaccination. It truly is effective and safe. We have seen a tremendous um, reduction within our employee group after vaccination of the number of people falling ill. Uh, we've seen very minimal side effects from, from the vaccine. I know uh, many of you have heard about people who have gotten the vaccination and not uh, felt uh, well over the course of the next day or two as their immune system responds to that vaccination. Uh, that That is not a reason to avoid getting the vaccine. That is the reason you should get the vaccine. It means that it is working. It means that your body is responding to it and mounting an immune response. And when patient, patients feel that way after a vaccination, that is a very good sign. Um, we have seen very, very minimal reaction to the vaccine from the standpoint of anything that would be considered severe. And uh, it has been uh, an excellent experience for our patients and our staff members who have been vaccinated to date. So um, for the sake of, of your health, um, for your loved ones, and, and for the communities uh, that you're a part of, if we all do our part and get vaccinated as quickly as we can, uh, we can put an end to the pandemic and we can um, save many, many lives. So I just put that plea out to all our listeners to please commit to getting the vaccination and uh, contact your healthcare provider or seek that vaccination resource out within your respective community. Good, thank you, Dr. Krieger. And at this point, uh, I would like to extend my, my heartfelt thanks for your time today in talking about this very important topic. And also to thank you and your team and, and those in the clinic health system who are dedicated to making sure that, that our communities are safe and providing, uh, helping provide these vaccines. So at this point, I, again, I thank you and we conclude our rounds for today. And again, the rounds is produced by Marshfield Clinic Health System. You can subscribe to the rounds and download episodes via iTunes or by visiting shine365.marshfieldclinic.org. I'm Teresa Durfus, and I hope you will visit us next time on the rounds. Thank you.